Now this is Hollywood Unlocked. Yo, what up, everybody? It's Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. I'm Jason Lee. Hey, it's your boy DJ Damis. Let's get the show started. All right, Melissa Ford's still not here, but she's coming back soon. Yes. And um, if you're listening to the show on iTunes, Google Play, iHeart, Spotify, make sure you're also watching on YouTube and sharing it everywhere. Please. If you have social media, it should be shared everywhere. Er, were. I don't even know that that's uh Er, were? No, that's the place. Er, were. All right, so I'm here chilling, and you're there with a red blanket. Um, do you want to tell people where you are? Then I'm out here in hot, hot, hot Florida, and um, it looked like I am about to pull some tarot cards and do a reading for you, Jason. You might need it. You never know. No, that's witchcraft, and I don't no, it's do not. That. Here we go. I'm going to pull my cards. So anyway, so how are you enjoying Florida? Are you around people? Are you coming back with coronavirus? What's happening? I'm around my family. My mom just moved right here in the country. Big old backyard. We picking avocados and mangoes, all types of stuff I've never done before. And no, I'm glad that I am away from the Miami part where we got some freedom, some land to go outside and actually get some fresh air and not get sick. So I'm for I don't understand why everybody's I mean, I get why people want to go outside, but like go outside to work, not go outside to flagrantly just be outside at a party. I got a text message. I'm going to put him on blast right now. Sincere. From L.A., if you know Sincere's show on Instagram, if you don't know it, here it is. Sincere had the audacity to text me and ask me if I want to pull up and get a table at a at a penthouse. Are you hey, crazy? Man, look, but you said go outside. He's still got to work. That's his job. Listen, promoter lives matter. And I know that there's a lot of promoters that are out of work because of what's happening with coronavirus. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to shit. I'm not even going to a potluck. I'm not even going to a baby shower if it was my baby. Like, it's not happening. Now, I do got a question for you, though, Jason, because you are, you've been an entrepreneur for a long time. For people that are promoters or in that business that was in entertainment and now have no jobs, what are some suggestions that they could do to kind of get on their feet? Because, like you said, promoter lives do matter. Create another job that makes money right now. Like what, Jason? That's no, why I'm asking you. At this point, though, if you're not making any money... At this point, if you're not making any money, it's because you've let the last several months go by without you taking advantage of the time you have to create your money. Yeah, if you have a, let me tell you something. If you are a, if you have, if you're a model, yeah, and you have a model body, mm-hmm. and you ain't modeling right now, you should be the most popping online fitness training model that anybody's ever seen. Like you should be figuring out ways within your community that you built online to figure it out so if a promoter started a virtual party would you buy a table and pull up you don't have to leave your house well, here's the deal one i haven't drank in five months and i don't plan to drink anytime soon two it doesn't have to be that if you're a promoter that means you're into marketing because promoting means you're marketing a club you're mm-hmm. marketing a party are you not developing those online marketing skills on how to reach people or your network that you built to brands that are trying to get towards that audience, find ways. But right now it's not like, let's go back and pop bottles. Cause I'm going to tell you something. One, I ain't drinking no bottle from a bottle girl who got a mask on. Who the fuck are you? Who sent you? I need to see you. And second of all, what we all going to do, we all in the club with mask on dancing, like sipping, like putting holes through our masks to sip our drinks. Like I ain't doing that. You know, you're not with it. No. I think when nightlife do open back up, it's going to be more, even more section based because you know how a lot of people hate the, the section and the bottle. I said it's going to be more section eight. Section based. Oh, okay. Because you know a lot of people aren't feeling the the bottle service style of clubbing, but now to keep social distancing, you're going to have to rent a area and just be you and your people, and then look at the other people from afar and just wave. Like that's where it's moving to, even when we open back up. Once it's safe to go back up, I'm telling you right now, I am going to get a table at a club, but it's going to be me with all guys, and I'm not going to be drinking. I am going to be pouring it in their mouths, though. Because here, here's the deal. Like, all guys. It'll be like our coming out party, but like not coming out, but like coming outside. (laughs) So, you you do enjoy partying with just all men? No. Well, let me clarify. I love my girlfriends, but I'm not the gay guy that wants a bunch of girls around. That's what these gay dudes in Hollywood do to make all the niggas come to their table. 
so they can use their girls to get the guys. I ain't got time for all that. I'm going to tell you straight up what I want, what I want to do, when, where, address, put your phones in the closet. Nah, I'm, I'm with all the shit, but I'm not into the games it takes to get somebody. And that's that's their thing out here. Let me, let wait, me have a, wait, wait, wait. That's a thing. Yes. I never well, knew that was a thing. Because how do you attract bees with honey? How do you attract men? How do you attract men with girls or money? Either way, they just want they just want you. That's like a marketing tool. I'm not gonna do that. Now, can I go to the club and have India Love and Miracle Watts and all these fly girls? Yeah, those can, that are my your, girls. can can that be your coming out party? Can you make that happen? Because I want to go to that one. No, like no. I like that. My one. party is gonna have a bunch of people at my table. <laughs> I like Miracle Watts, India Love. Who else you got? Half of which don't speak English. So this side will be all my Dominicans and this side will be all my black friends. And then together we will be coming out again. And Miracle Watts will be there, right? Maybe. Okay. I love Miracle. Shout out to Miracle. Shout out to India Love. Shout out to all. I mean, I know all the girls, but I mean, again, I don't treat them like you know, come out so I can find me a guy like for what? Now I got a guy who really wants to be with you. So he think he thinks so. So you treat me like a troll. You know, how, you, know, you know how like no, not troll. Sorry, like a toll. You know how you go to uh, from Jersey to New York, so you got to go through the toll. You gonna get fucked at the toll booth. <laughs> you gonna get fucked at the toll booth to get on the other side. Now, like me, the toll booth's not that expensive. It's just annoying. You know what I mean? Like, it's never going to go away. It's always going to be there. Before you get the other side, you got to make your payment. Like, where to, where to drop at? You know what I mean? Like, nah, who wants to do that? It's too hard. Too, compl too hard. Too complicated. Well, you know, just based off those few names you named alone, I'm looking forward to this party. So let me know when that's happening. Hopefully outside open up soon. Sincere, hopefully we see you soon, man. See how the toll works? <laughs> no. That's my milkshake that makes all the boys want to come to the yard. Okay. So let's get into There's a lot going on right now. First, I want to open up by talking about B. Simone. She is okay. a friend of mine. She is a friend of mine. Uh, but she's in the news, and that's what I do. It's sort of like, you know, if you go to the Willy Wonka factory, uh, you know. Uh, get some candy. You serve chocolate, so you're going to get served. You, if you don't like chocolate, don't go to Willy Wonka's. But you come to Willy Wonka's, you're going to get chocolate. So B. Simone. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I like to think I know B. Simone. I like to think I know her. I like to think I know her to be a humble, bossy girl, woman, uh, who created her brand out of nothing, who went on wilding out, did a season, uh, did, uh, she she kept going for it. She didn't get it right away. She kept going for it. Finally got it. Became a star, I think, on Wild and Out. She's somebody yeah. that gets a lot of episodes and she's really good. Always has a positive word. Never heard her say a negative thing about anybody. Um, but recently she's been in the headlines a lot. And as a friend, when I see people that I consider a friend in the headlines, I will reach out to them. Yeah. Say, hey, I see you in the headlines. I want to help you. Tell me what's happening. Let's talk about it. And, um, you know, when when I when I first started seeing the series of things happening with her, the first one, I think, was when she was talking about making a million dollars and the goal was to make a million dollars. I'm like, you know, in my mind right now is not the time to talk about making a million dollars because people are losing their jobs. People are at home struggling. But I got what she was trying to do. She was trying to uh, motivate young fire. Yeah, motivate them on how to turn their net worth, network into net worth and how to pursue that goal if that was her dream, if your dream is to make money, to pursue it. But, you know, I'm also 42 years old. I'm older than her and I've had a lot of experience and I work online and I know how the online shit works. I called her to say, hey, maybe you shouldn't talk about how much money you're making because, um, you know, the IRS is paying attention. <laughs> First. <laughs> You just don't want to talk about that, you know? Um, and she, you know, was like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. She just, you know, it wasn't a big deal, so whatever. But, you know, that was my trying to help kind of thing because... That was your initial... That was my initial. Your initial. Then 
when the Black Lives Matter stuff rolled around and she had made a comment, the tweet that she said about the Black Lives Matter, she said, I'm not living to please man. I'm here to please God. At the end of the day, I'm a Christian. I'm God fearing. I have to answer to him. I'm not going to ask myself, what would Jesus do? Not what I'm, I'm going to ask myself, what would Jesus do? Not what would an angry black woman do? Mm. Uh, and that was in the heart of all of the uprising around George Floyd and people saying that, you know, uh, Atlanta is black, so we shouldn't be doing that out here. And people were really mad about her post. Again, as a comedian, if you are not a person taking on social issues as a part of your brand, don't speak on them like that. Get counsel before you speak on them, because when you're talking to five, six million people, you if you leave shit open to interpretation, you don't say it right, then you got to deal with, you know, the chips when they fall. And I actually called her to say, hey, you know, this is online. Do you want me to do you want to say something? Do you want me to help in some way? You know, what's your perspective? And she was really dismissive of it. Mm. And I was like, OK, now I'm going to leave it alone. So then she did an interview with Nick Cannon. And on Nick Cannon's show, he asked her what type of man she liked because, you know, her thing is always saying, I want, I want a boyfriend, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's really what kind of builds up her following. That's her thing, which is great when you can find your thing that connects with the fans. When she did that and she said she, she don't want a guy that has a nine to five, they drug her for fills. They drug yeah. her for the entire field. Did you, like did, yeah, did, you, like did, did you see it? Did you see it? Oh, yeah, I've seen, seen the clip. She did it um, with Old Boy. Um, fans what, didn't really like that. What did you think about it? I felt like I understood what she was trying to say. I felt like the messaging was just wrong. Basically, she just wants somebody to understand her lifestyle, somebody that probably has a similar lifestyle to hers. But being that she is an entrepreneur and a lot of her money goes straight to consumer, a lot of her consumers have nine to fives. You got to be mindful of that. I think we all have to be mindful of that in a way. And I think that was a first good lesson of, you know, she has this newfound, um, I won't say fame, but this this business model she has is new. You know, it's very lucrative. It's very successful, but it's new. And you have to know your audience. You always have to keep in mind who your audience is and make sure you never disrespect them. That's why we see even bigger companies. Sometimes they do things and the messaging is wrong and they have to issue an apology. There's nothing wrong with apologizing to your customers and your consumers. Right. Yeah. But and also because the boyfriend that you're talking about, I think part of what makes people drawn to her is that she does seem so relatable. She does seem like everyday next door girl. And yeah. the fact that most of the guys that think that are trying to shoot their shot are probably regular guys. Right. And so yeah. I did think having known her that maybe it's just a messaging thing or she's just like. Maybe she's not thinking about her consumer. And so I didn't reach out to her about that because I felt like the first time I talked to reached out, I didn't really feel like maybe she was busy or she just wasn't really trying to have the conversation. So whatever. But then she got accused of plagiarism and you know, I'm an author. And so yeah. I didn't even see myself as an author when I responded to it publicly. I just put up a post, a picture of us, her at my birthday party I said, look, this is my friend. I'm going to support her through the tough times. I mean, it is what it is. I'm going to still do my part and talk about it on Hollywood a lot, which I have, which we're doing now. But as my friend, I don't turn a blind eye to what people are saying, right? But I'm not going to drag her either because I didn't feel at the time she needed to be drugged. And people weren't happy with that. They were like, but you're an author. You're an author who wrote and stand on your own writing. What do you think about her plagiarizing, allegedly plagiarizing this deal, this book, where she had a, apparently there were worksheets in the book that were exactly the same as another author's or maybe two or three other author's. And I mean, it was really indefensible because you can't really say what happened. Now, I will say, having been somebody busy, maybe you have a ghostwriter. Maybe you have a person working on it. But as a, as a CEO, you are ultimately responsible for signing off on everything and double checking everything. So I thought maybe it was just lazy. Uh, and so I did reach out to her manager, Skittles, who I have a relationship with, and, you know, offered a platform, offered this platform to talk about it. And. Uh, then I also reached out to B. Simone and, you know, she, at the time she was just busy. Um, and couldn't really talk. Mm -hmm. So, and she hasn't reached out since. And so I don't know if that's embarrassment or you just too busy. And so I kind of like, I did feel some type of way 
I did because all of my friends, and I don't even have a lot that are celebrities, but all of them know when shit goes down, you better call me because I'm gonna put out the facts as you see them. So that way there's a there's two conversations going on. There's what people speculate and there's what you want out. And the fact that she didn't reach back, I ain't gonna lie, I did, I did, I, I did say, feel some type of way. Uh, but then I didn't call her after that. I left it alone. But then now there's a new thing out uh, where she was on a podcast and apparently referred to the LGBT community as the lettuce, bacon, and tomato. I mean, LGBT community and referred to us as the lettuce, bacon, and tomato community. Mm. That has pissed everybody off. Um, And she referred to women, uh, transgenders as trannies. I've used the word tranny. Some transsexuals like it, some don't. But when a straight person says tranny, you know, it's it's different. It's different. Okay. It's like when black people say nigga, but when a white person says it, it just sounds different. It's the same thing, but it just sounds different because we believe we own the word nigga. And the transsexual community is, you know, T.S. Madison's come on this show and uh, educated me about some people just don't really like it. So I try not to even use it anymore. Um, and I don't know with everything happening, I haven't talked to her about that, but I will say I'm, I'm really disappointed and I can share what I'm saying here because this is my platform and I built my audience that supports my views on things. And I'm telling you, I'm disappointed. I, I don't know that, uh, even David, Ch- Dave Chappelle has called, uh, he called us the alphabet, right? So some could argue what's the same thing. And I will say him telling his joke is different than being on a podcast, giving an interview and talking about a community that you're not a part of. You yeah. can't say you have transsexual, saying you have transsexual friends so you can call a trans person tranny is the same as a white person saying I can say nigga because I got black friends. It's the same. And, and black people, like, we got to understand some. You can't be out here talking about equality and Black Lives Matter, when on the other hand, you're you're shitting on an entire community that supports the Black community struggle because they too, we too have had similar challenges. And I don't know, it just really, um, I want to have a conversation with her, but I want to have a conversation. I think the only way to really have it would be here on the show, to have yeah. an authentic conversation. But what do you think about all that? I heard the clip and, you know, I'm recently becoming more knowledgeable with everything that's going on in the LGBTQ community. And so I'm just as naive. Now, this clip was from a long time ago. It was on the Horrible Decisions podcast. And I know overall, B. Simone is looked at as a comedian. I don't know if everybody looks at her like that. So I'm not trying to cut her some bell, but I think everything she somewhat does, even if it's on a podcast, I look at that as work for her. And she's trying to create the funny. Is it funny to do something that's disrespectful to a community of people? No. But there are some to say, you know, to argue that, you know, comedians always have pushed that line. So I'm not the person to dictate whether it was right or wrong. But I did look at it from both sides where I don't feel like she wanted to come off offensive to anybody. I don't feel like B. Simone personally hates that community or, or wants to disrespect that community. So that's the angle I look at it from. Only meeting her a few times, I don't get that energy from her that she wants to disrespect a community of people. I I don't think that B. Simone is um, uh, is um, in any way um, against the gay community. I don't think that she feels any negativeness towards the gay community. And I know she's close to a lot of gay people. Uh, doesn't make sense, though, because sometimes when you say, oh, well, this person has a lot of black friends, they can't be racist. You can still be tone deaf to what the fuck is appropriate and not. And honestly, I have to take a step out of being friends with her and look at it and say, "Okay, maybe you're not against the gay community, which I don't believe she is. Maybe you're not a plagiarizing author. Maybe you just have sloppy work. And maybe you don't hate the guy who works nine to five. You just don't want one. But maybe you should just stop talking right now. Maybe you should 
frame all of your shit as jokes, right? Because let me tell you how I would have handled it. If they would have came to me and said, Jason, you stole my book, I would have personally reached out to the authors. I would have personally said, I'm investigating this because I hired another company. I would have threw them under the bus publicly. Then I would have did a deal where all the proceeds of my book was split between me and those other authors. So they're made whole. Then I would promote their shit on my platform and I would keep it moving to the next project. There's a way to handle things. If, if in the midst of a, of, a, of a trial, like you're going through being drugged by all these people, um, I would not get on a jet and show myself on a yacht looking unbothered because people are upset because you know what? Those consumers can smell arrogance. They can smell zero fucks given. And guess what? All of us are dependent on the audience to show up for us. Yeah. And I just don't know if it's just you're not getting advised properly or you feel defensive. So now you got to make it look a certain way. But as her friend, I would have stepped in and given her some much different advice because I don't really the, the B. Simone that everybody's talking about and the B. Simone that it looks like isn't the B. Simone that I know. Yeah. I do have something to say outside of B. Simone situation, the stunting culture where people do do that. You know, a lot of people are hungry out here. A lot of people before COVID didn't have jobs and a lot of people do support us as entertainers or what have you. I do feel like us stunting is getting old. I do feel like that's getting old. Um, I feel like if you want to motivate people, you create opportunities, you give back. But the fact of jumping on jets or renting certain kind of cars, whatever it is, I mean, it's dope. And you, if that's your lifestyle, live it. But the people I look up to that have real money, real income, they don't do that. So I do feel like us as a community, we do need to change that around because it feels like when we get successful, we have something to prove to somebody. Like we're trying to, I don't know, like we're trying to prove somebody wrong. And at the end of the day, if you're doing something for motivational purposes, there's so many other things you can do, but to stunt on the people that wish they had that lifestyle. Listen, I, I built a brand off of saying reckless shit. I built a brand off of telling you what I think, good, bad, or indifferent, making inappropriate jokes, taking on fights that probably don't even need to be taken on, putting people on blast, telling other people this. That's what I chose to do. And so that's why I think the, the, the tone of what I say sometimes isn't as loud because Jason said it. We expect that, right? When you are a comedian and you become a brand that's woven in the business the way that she is, you got to know how to keep your shit moving. And the greatest part about this all is if she's humble enough to get the lesson, she's going to be fine because she's a star. She has star quality. People love her. She's funny. She's a good friend. Um, and she, I know, meant no harm. But something, but this is a time where she or people that find themselves in situations like that literally have to humble themselves down and look at what's happening. Take a step out of how you feel about it and really figure out how to reconnect with your audience. Because mm -hmm. right now you want to put out product how we know it's yours. Yeah. Right now you want people to come to your shows. There's so many gay, trans and lesbian people now, bisexual people. You don't want them to think that, that you don't support them. And I think this is just an important journey for her overall. You got to go through these hardships. You got to learn. This is the best way to learn. Um, I don't feel like she's ever malicious in what she does. Is the messaging wrong a lot of the times? Yes. And for her to continue to be successful, it's good to go through some of these hardships now because it will never happen again. If B. Simone gets over this hump, this will never happen again. She's going to be more mindful of what she speaks on. She's going to be more mindful of how her team handles projects. We're going to like the plagiarism thing in the book. I feel like her team kind of dropped the ball on that at the end of the day because there's so many channels something has to go through to be released. But I feel like in her journey of being an entrepreneur and being successful, I'm proud. I'm happy that she's going through some of these hardships now. If she gets over this hump, it can only be up from here. Yeah. I pray that she makes it through too. And when you are, when you do have CEO or you take pride in being a CEO, it's more than a title. It's more than the money. It's, it's about the commitment to making sure that what you are selling the audience, and I'm not even talking about just by words in a book. I'm talking about selling shows, podcasts, the brand that you're selling to consumers has to be 
you have to check every uh, check every I and uh, dot every I and check cross every T. You're, it ends with you. Like the most responsibility of your company, it lands with you because you have the biggest you have the biggest title. So uh, I pray that she makes it through, and um, she's talented, so I'm sure she will. All right. So speaking of um, other people in the news, August Alcina is out here. You know, the thing that I will say is y'all be so fast to say that Jason Lee is messy and Hollywood Unlocked is messy or that the show is messy. But it'd be y'all, it'd be y'all favorite singers out here doing the most. Uh, August Alcina did an interview with our friend Angela Yee. And in that interview, he talked about a relationship, alleged relationship with Jada Pinkett and even said that he went to Will Smith for permission. And, you know, for years we've heard about their relationship and that they're swingers and that, you know, they're, they may even both like the same sex of, you know, Will likes men and, and Jada likes women. But the one thing we know for sure is that that relationship has been so private that they have been able to keep their business private. And now it looks like it's all out in the open. Because during this interview, August Alcina is now claiming that him losing Jada has been the biggest loss of his life and that it, it, it almost destroyed him. You see the interview? I've seen the interview. I've seen it. What'd you think? I'm not gonna lie to you. At, at first, I was um, I was angry at August because I'm like, you know, why, why do that? I know you just put out your album and you're using this as a rollout, but at the same time, I had to go. You know, it's his story. He has the right to tell it. And then I started looking at Jada, and I went, Jada, this boy. If you know August Alcina's story, he's been through a lot of pain a lot of hurt. He's always been very transparent in his music on social media. He's never really been the most private guy. So then I kind of took my blame away from August and was looking at Jada like, you had such a closed mouth. Like we might have speculations on how the relationship worked between her and Will, but we never knew, you know? And if some people didn't know, it wasn't out there like this. And I feel like her stepping in to help August, cause that's what she was doing more than anything. She was trying to get him through some things mentally. And then if they were to be intimate, you gave him so much. And for you to be married, clearly that wasn't going to be an ongoing thing. And however she pulled it away, he feels betrayed. And you know what betrayed and spiteful people do. So it's just really a slippery slope right there. But I was just looking at it like, you fill this boy up. He's been through so much hurt. You're trying to help him. You're trying to help him. However that relationship ended with her in August, whether they mess with each other or not, he clearly feels betrayed because that relationship ended. And this is what I will say to all of you bringing the wrong queens in your bedroom. Stop bringing the queens in that don't know how to keep their mouth shut. Because God forbid he come out next month and say that him and Will, that Will let him down because, you know, Will ain't hitting it no more. And then and that, now we got to deal with that, right? And, and, and the problem that I'm having with all of this is that we need transparency. We need transparency. Now, this needs to be at the red table. This has to, this has to go to it the red table. This has to be at the red table. I'm going to do a post on Instagram where I say, look, I, I'm, I'm buying me a bag of popcorn today, and I'm going to do a video, and I'm going to be eating my popcorn, and I'm going to say, we need a red table talk about this. This is the thing. Nobody is uh, uh, beyond reproach. Everybody should be able to have, we should be able to have a conversation about everybody. Beyonce, Jay-Z, Oprah, everybody we think is at the Illuminati Council. We should be able to talk about them and not fear being killed or shot at or canceled. You can't cancel me. And so I'm just sitting here going, y'all pick the most fragile nigga. Y'all pick the most fragile nigga with, with, if you shake them, all the pieces that are broken inside the box are rattling all around. And you made him feel like you loved him. Jada found out he had that big penis. That's what happened. And then you used him. Then you used his body and then cast him out. You can't do that because now guess what? He's telling his story. That's how I felt. I was like, I mean, can I be mad that he's telling his story now? But the thing is, do we know if his story is true? We don't know. If he, he said, make if he said it's true. If he said it's true, and I'm going to tell you right now, I know how Jada works because I remember how she cleaned up the whole 
uh, scandal with Jordan Woods. Use her red table to clean that up. I'm telling you right now, Jada, I love you. You are iconic to the black community. You are iconic to us at Hollywood Unlocked. We love you. We love Red Table Talk. We love your family. I think Will is hot, so I know why you got him. You even, you were best friends with Tupac. You're everything. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be watching you on that Red Table, and I'm going to be eating my popcorn slow, and I'm going to be sipping my Lipton, and I'm going to be watching. And you better be honest. Yeah. I mean, for real. It's just sad because now it's it affects the whole family. If Jaden does anything, they're going to ask about August. Willow does anything, you got to ask about August. Will Smith drops a new movie, he has to do press. You're going to have to ask. So your wife has a thing with... It's just, it just puts everybody in this weird situation. Will Smith has already denied the claims. Hold on. Hold on. You know, during the conversation with Angela Yee, August Alcina said that he got Will's blessing. What he said was, I actually sat down with Will Smith and had a conversation due to the transformation from their marriage to life partnership. And he gave me his blessing. And so um, so Jada's rep said it's absolutely not true. And Will is saying that it's not true. The fact that you got Will and Jada even talking about their bedroom. It's terrible. In public is crazy. Well, I'm going to tell you another person, friend to the show, Tisha Martin, Tisha Campbell Martin. Well, she losing Martin because she losing that last name for her divorce. You know, they used to say that her ex-husband, Dwayne Martin, was Will Smith's boyfriend. I mean, there's been rumors for years in Hollywood that those two used to, you know, pump each other out in the backyard. But listen, I don't know that to be true. You know what? You know what? No one sat down and did an interview and said, yeah, I did it. It's all speculation. Oh, no, I'm not saying that they used to pump each other. You're saying it. What I'm saying is this is the clear difference between this situation and this situation. Well, 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 hold on. So (laughs) Tisha Campbell went to Instagram, and I love Tisha. I'm going to tell you right now, I fuck with Tisha's vibe. When she was at the studio, didn't you feel like she was cool? Yeah, she's cool. cool. She felt like there was a lot she wanted to talk about, but she couldn't. But Tisha, you are welcome back here at the show because, baby girl... Baby girl, she put the Instagram, she went on Instagram. She said, the truth always comes out in the end, no matter how hard anyone tries to hide it. Lies are just a temporary delay to the inevitable. And her her caption said, don't have to say a word. God reveals all. Can't put a spin on that. And a fan said, thank you, even though they lie to the end. And Tisha said, she responded to the fan and said, and you're right. They will lie to the end. Capital will. Oh, the real key key is that people will stop believing them. Capital will. Now, Tisha, we know what the fuck you did there. You're this close to telling us that the reason why you left your husband is because Will busted it open. But here's the deal. I've always thought Dwayne uh, Martin was sexy and he's cool with me. So, Dwayne, I'm not throwing you shade at all. If you're gay, call me because you're single too. But Tisha went back on Instagram. Tisha went on Instagram and she said, I don't do subtweets. I don't do messy. It's not your girl. Sorry. <sighs> don't be pulling me into no mess. I don't have the time. You got the time, girl. You knew what she was doing. So we will be following this, capital will. And we will tell you what they say, capital will. And we will keep watching you, Tisha. What do you think? That was a lot. <laughs> you just, <laughs> I didn't know about none of this. Until where, there's you said it. where there's a will, there's a way. I will mind my damn business. That's what I'm going to do. I won't. I won't. <laughs> I refuse to. And you know what? I had this whole moment last week where I said, you know, I'm really trying to be better. I really want to help out. And I'm going to still help out. But I, this is who I am. So I got to stay true to who I am. You know, um, so this is a mess. And August Alcina, I'm not judging you. Nope, not judging you. You can come here to the show. I even let you lay down and tell your story. You know, like like how therapists do. Mm-hmm. I won't be there for that show. <laughs> Why? <laughs> August Alcina laying down. <laughs> he can't be laying down and in a bed. Over. <laughs> I'm not doing that. 
No, but and, we should have August come on the show. Absolutely. Listen, yeah. we, we joke, but whatever. Uh, you're you're here. You're welcome here. All right. So uh, Rich the Kid is in the news. Have you been reading what's going on with Tory? Yeah, I heard about it. So this is according to TMZ. They said law enforcement tells TMZ that Tory Bricks is one of several alleged victims of a home invasion earlier this week in L.A., where uh, the perps allegedly made off of more than $100,000 in property. There was supposed to be a, a party going on at a rental house. 15 to 20 people were there. And sometime around midnight, cops say six men wear masks, entered through the back door and held everyone at gunpoint, demanding the party goers to you know, drop off cash, jewelry, phones, and he stole five purses. So people are saying that... Um that, that this is like a insurance scam that they, they feel like this is, you know, they say, they say lightning doesn't strike in the same place twice. Well, this would be three times. I think for them, is this the third time? I think they robbed rich, the kid at a studio, then a home invasion. I think this is the second home invasion. Really? But to be honest, man, it could be a scam or, I mean, honestly, this happens every day, Jason, you know that. You know these people. No, I, don't, uh, 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 I don't know. You people. don't know that well. People. I don't, I don't know people that are getting robbed three times. I think a lot of people don't talk about it, but these home invasions aren't anything new, especially since I've been out here in LA. They happen pretty often. Do they always make headlines? No. You know, we go out there and people rent these these houses in the hills, and they may not be from LA, and they don't know that people have to drop on these houses. People know. So many details that, you know, if you're from out of town, you don't know how connected L.A. really is. So I'm not going to jump and say it's an insurance fraud because I've heard many stories myself that haven't been on social media or made it to the blogs where people get robbed at gunpoint all the time. I hope I don't live in a neighborhood where that shit happens. But I'm going to tell you right now, you run up in this bitch. If you pull up at my house, next time you pull up, well, when you pull up at the house, damage, there's cameras everywhere. They're everywhere, sensors everywhere, and guess what? Guns everywhere. I wish somebody would. I'm telling you right now, I'd shoot this whole, all these windows would be shot out. Try to run up in if you want. And, I don't and know. to be fair though, Jason, not to cut you off, Rich the Kid had nothing to do with this. This was a friend of Tory Bricks's party. This is a whole nother house. You know what I'm saying? He could have coordinated it from the car. He could have, or... Somebody just had to drop on whoever that person was throwing the house party and said, we need to go in after them. I mean, at this point, don't you like if you're getting robbed this much, you should have security with you or something. Yeah, I agree. Like, are y'all leaving the doors open? Do you not lock doors? I lock everything. You you even grab a door over here. The alarm's going off. And I got a siren on my building on top of the. <laughs> on, top of the, on, top of the on top of the alarm going off in my house. A siren. I put a siren that way the whole, it ain't even just neighborhood, the whole area will hear this siren and help will arrive. You getting caught, you come up in this bitch. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm just not going to go and let everybody say it's an insurance scam. Like, y'all don't know how things go out here in LA. You know, I hear a lot of stories. I've seen a lot of people take L's, so it's not just as simple as that. Speaking of L's, your boy Terry Crews is taking another L. He has definitely taken another L. Terry Crews just don't know how to keep his mouth shut. So he put this up on Twitter because he loves to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. He said defending well, white people. Why keep talking about the Black Lives Matter movement when everything he says is not in line with the Black Lives Matter movement? Clearly he has a different perspective. So this is what he said before regarding bl Black supremacy. He said defeating white supremacy without white people creates Black supremacy. Y'all know I had a rant on this. Equality is the truth, like it or not. We are all in this together. So he got a lot of backlash. People calling him a coon. He did not stop him. I, I called him a coon. And man, I this him out, so I'm no better. Yeah. He said any person, any person that calls him a coon or Uncle Tom for promoting equality is a black supremacist. So he's talking about you, Jason. Okay. <laughs> but he took the Twitter to write this recently. He said, if you're a child of God. You are my brother and sister. I have family of every race, creed, and ideology. We must ensure hashtag Black Lives Matter doesn't morph into hashtag Black Lives Better. Listen, I don't know what to tell you. I will say that, one, Terry Crews isn't even a big enough star to be in the news this much about shit that ain't got shit to do with shit. Second of all, 
when I see him talk now, he's like a white, he, he's like a black man who don't have no way of even trying to be white, trying to be white. And his movie, John Henry, fucking flopped. And this is the thing. It goes back to the whole conversation about B. Simone, right? You can't be this tone deaf to where you think the shit you're saying makes sense. Where, where have you ever heard, because you love being black, you're a black supremacist, because you, you love and take pride in being black, all of a sudden now you're, you're, you're saying black is better? Who, who even says that? Who says who? This is a, This is what I think it is. I think majority of Terry Crews' friends are white. To the fact where he's trying to do things to make his white friends feel comfortable because he believes they're not racist and they may not be racist. But this this way of thinking he has is just so counterproductive and it just really makes no sense. Like never has any black person ever went around and act like they were better than anyone because for the past 600 years, we haven't been better than anything. We've never been put on a pedestal to have this uh, air about ourselves to be better. We are not positioned in society that way. So it's weird for once we stand up for ourselves and have some unity about ourselves where people are going, oh, it can't be black lives better. And, oh, you know, we can't move around like this. Like, why not? Every other culture do it. Why does it? Why? Because we love ourselves. It makes it a down for somebody else. Just because we love our own culture doesn't mean your culture is bad. Doesn't mean our culture is better. We're just finding our sense of pride with our culture because our community and our culture has been divided, has been raped and has been taken from, has been stolen from. Us having a sense of unity is a good thing. It shouldn't be, oh, now that they have unity, they're going to think they're better than us. We never really got to but, build but, 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 that, but that sentiment even coming out of a black person's mouth is the craziest shit. And at this point, I have to say, Terry Cruz, if you're listening, if you're listening, who are you? Like, who's consulting you? Do you really believe you're either moving? Well, and he really believes this. No, he, he can, there's no way he believes this. There's no, like, literally, you have to be moving NBC's agenda. You have to be, somebody must be putting fuel in your pack to make you go out and look, because you look like a damn fool. At this point, I now believe Terry cannot be proud to be black. There's no way. There's no way. Because, because it's so reckless. It's so reckless. And given where we are right now in the climate right now on race, racial issues in the country and black people already looking at you crazy, you can't be on your own shit to where you think that, man, I don't care what they say. I, I know I, I know what I'm saying is right. There's no way. He has a different view of what equality is. He's not acknowledging how far behind we are in this race of racism where he looks at equality as if black people start having some self-esteem about itself. It's now a, a, an opposition to white people. He's actually trying to create a race war that's not there. It's really sick when you think about what he's doing. No one else is talking. Like, no one else has oh, this record. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why I say he has to be moving some agenda. He reminds me of Samuel Jackson and Django. The ultimate coon. Yes. that Put a side-by-side -side up. This is who the fuck we talking about. Right? So, I don't know. I'm over it. Terry Crews, I haven't watched John Henry just because I wanted to support you being black. It was a shitty film, by the way. Um, it, it just didn't make any sense. It was it was stupid. <laughs> I like the scores and it. it was good music in there. I couldn't even hear the music because it was so stupid. <laughs> well, speaking of stupidity, Walmart is now not selling All Lives Matter merchandise anymore. That oh well, thank you. Probably makes sense. Did you I see? Mean, can we just start by saying that? To anybody who's watching this, all lives do matter. Duh. All of them. All of them. All lives. Transsexual lives, gay lives, white lives, black lives, Latino lives, even the lives of the, well, not the people who created coronavirus. Their lives ain't shit because you got our whole year fucked up. But everybody else's lives matter. But the Black Lives Matter movement is about Black lives needing to matter more in the eyes of people that don't, that it doesn't matter. So you can stop saying all lives matter because we got that. We all are for that. We're just saying our lives matter too and, ma and need to matter more now. Uh, but why are people still on this all lives matter shit? Because it's like, is it somehow making you forget what the whole purpose of this whole movement has been about?
arrogance. Everybody wants it to be about them. It's never been about us. Now, when it comes to something positive, it's never been about us. Now that it's something positive and it's about change, no, no, but all lives matter. No shit. No shit. Y'all lives been mattered before we said black lives matter. So um, Walmart, who has Walmart. disrupted many, many uh, communities of color, they move in big box stores, take out a lot of small businesses, don't offer their workers um, any type of health care benefits, which all of us taxpayers end up paying. Uh, they announced recently that they're no longer selling All Lives Matter merchandise uh, on its website in support of the BLM movement. And Walmart also noted that it's putting an emphasis on black people and other people of color whose lives are being impacted by ongoing racial injustice. They uh, put out a statement that said, we fundamentally believe all lives do matter and every individual deserves respect. However, we are listened. However, as we listened, we came to understand that the way some, but not all people feel using that phrase, all lives matter in the current uh, environment intentionally minimize the focus on the painful reality of racial inequality. Duh. This is why I don't even support Walmart. I, you know, beyond all the other things they do. But that's the thing about this um, right now. A lot of companies are just jumping out to put a statement out real quick so we don't stop supporting them. And we really need to step up as a community and buy black, support black as much as we can. And we can't let these these companies just put out these little stupid ass statements and, you know, help hurt our movement and supporting each other. So that's all I got to say about that. But with all this being said, did you hear what Jersey Mike's did? I know Terry Crews owns a part of this store for sure. They have to. So they're trying to change. The, well, they're changing the name of the BLT, I guess their most popular sandwich, to the BLM. Bacon, lettuce, and mayo. That's how they're fighting racial injustice in America. That's how they're stepping basically, up and basically holding their fist up. Jimmy. Uh, so basically, they want you to digest the Black Lives Matter movement. And depending on how thick the sub is... It could choke you. You could you could choke on it. Let me tell you something. It's nothing like after a good protest to go down to Jersey Mike's and get the, the BLM sandwich to stick it to the man, you know? You know the problem with these companies? This is the thing, right? Everybody wanna seem like they're they want to seem like they're down. You know, I, I I rode by a business the other day that had Black Lives Matter in their white ass window. I know damn well they ain't never uttered the words Black Lives Matter. They just don't want looters and protesters to fuck with their shit. And there's a lot of companies that are playing to the cry for equality by, uh, you know, acting like they're down, uh, making these statements, these broad statements about committing hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, but then, like, where's the follow through? Who's policing this shit? Because I don't even believe it. I think half of it is just to distract us from the fact that they've had racial practices going on over there. You know, um, you look at Essence magazine right now under Ooh. fire. We removed Richie Lou, the CEO, who I personally sat with about giving me $2 million, who, by the way, never happened. I see God just works the way he works. But this is a person who became a billionaire out of selling his um, product, Shea Moisture, um, and his, to Unilever, his company Unilever. And now he's oust, outed as the CEO because of allegedly doing misconduct. I, the reason I bring that up is because we don't know what's going on behind these corporate veils. But a sandwich, the BLM, the Mato. Last time you had a Mato, Jersey Mike's. Y'all need to have some black people in your executive team because anybody would have told you they do. Terry Crews is on their executive team. They should have just named it the Black Sub is better. No, <laughs> I don't know. I can't. All right, so fans are pissed calling out Virgil uh, Ablo. Is his name Ablo? Abla. Well, Abla blew this. Uh, he was doing uh, the cover art for Pop Smoke, designed the cover art for Pop Smoke's album. Pop Smoke recently died here in Los Angeles from a home invasion. Um, and so um, he, he did this album cover. We're going to put the cover up right here so you can take a look at it. Now, piss fans completely off. One fan took a picture of Pop Smoke, then on the side put a picture of a chain link fence and a picture of diamonds and said that was the album. People were pissed. I believe now the album is being redesigned because the, the, the people heard, heard, the, heard the cries of the fans. Uh, what did you think about it when you saw it? I thought it was whack, but at the same time, you know, they had a, a commitment before Pop Smoke died. Pop Smoke wanted 
uh, Virgil to be a part of certain parts of his rollout. And I feel like Virgil did the best he could do. I don't know if Virgil is a a big graphic designer. If you if you remember how Virgil got his start with um, what is it called with Off White and the stuff he made before, it wasn't always the most technical, you know, cool graphical thing. So I think you know Virgil actually probably did the best he could. His best just wasn't good enough. Mm. Well, I've been I've been uh, you know I'm not a huge Virgil fan. I love his clothes. I love Off White. Um, I, I, Which is very simple, right? When you look at the design, yeah, of well, I mean, it's still dope, though, right? Like the cut of the materials, all that is dope. And I believe in shopping black. I'm still going to support him. I'm still going to support Jerry Lorenzo for uh, you yeah, know his really. his brand, Fear of God. I know Jerry personally. Having met Virgil, though, I mean, I was honest on my um, Instagram that I met him at um, Mark Jacobs and his uh, husband Char's. Uh, you know, they have the party reception after their their wedding. And he just seems very, he comes out very arrogant and very dismissive and not really interested in having to talk to anybody that I guess isn't helping him to build clout. I personally walked away saying he was one of the most um, uh, uninteresting people that I met and somebody that I would put in the caliber of celebrity or famous people that I don't really care for that I've met. Um, But, you know, I really feel like he could have sourced a lot more graphic artists to come up with different options than that. That seemed really... And I feel like that's the problem. It seemed really lazy. I feel like he really himself tried to do it, Jason, where he probably should have had a team that he curated, put it together. He was like, now I'm going to put my personal touch on here. I'm going to do a little bit of this on clip art. You know, my Microsoft Word. (laughs) Not clip art. Yeah, I don't think it would pay them this, but I'm glad that the fans... That's what I do love about fans and most fan groups is they will hold their artists down and make sure that they're, you know, honored in the most appropriate way. So I hope that they get this all together and I hope that people are happy with it. And, and 50 Cent was died at what? He, he was killed at 20 years old, 1920. Yeah, I don't think he was even 21 yet. Yeah, sad. And 50 Cent, I believe, seen it before it went out. And he said uh, in a, on an Instagram post, he tagged Stephen Victor, who's running uh, Pop Smoke's musical side of things. He was like, I told you this thing was ooh. So it's like people seen it, I guess, before it was released and was trying to put the word out like, this ain't it, y'all. So, well, they know now. Yeah, it was really a bad cover. Well, listen, I hope that everybody pulls that together. I pray that everybody has a great week. Um, you know, be safe out there. Rona is still in the streets. Stay in your house. Stay away from people and uh, be blessed. Damage, please put the tarot cards down and come home. Right. All right. But until then, we're out. Peace. Peace, y'all. What up, YouTube? Thank you for watching this reckless show. Yeah, and hit that subscribe button and don't forget to hit the notification bell. And also don't forget to share and leave a comment because we are reading.